You guys, welcome to another episode of the American Dream and the Eyes of Immigrants with me, your host, Heidi De La Cruz. And today's episode, I have my friend Francie come on. And Francie, I met online and I was a guest on her podcast, Life with Francie. And as soon as we recorded that podcast, like we just hit it off um, right away. And we talk about it in the episode too, just like how we loved each other's energy and we just like clicked and we just became instant friends right away, which is was so amazing. So this episode, you know, she talks about coming from Puerto Rico, the hardship that she faced here in the United States and, you know, visiting for the first time back and just everything that she's been through. And it's just such a powerful story of overcoming hardship and then just thriving afterwards so i really hope you guys enjoy this episode i will link the episode of mine when i'm on her podcast so you guys can take a listen of that but yes thank you so much again for coming back and i hope you enjoy this episode all right well miss francie thank you so much for being willing to share your story of living in puerto rico and then living in the u.s and just comparing your your you know how it is over there to here and yeah so let's see um yeah so let's start off the episode with giving some information about you your background and then what events led you to move to the states (laughs) well thank you Heidi for having me here on your show (laughs) it's an honor and a pleasure to be here um yeah a little bit about me so uh I come from Puerto Rico uh, when I first uh, start my story is I got married at 14 and that's how I ended up over here. <laughs> you got uh, married at 14. Yes, ma'am. All right. So- no, you're going to have to explain that to us. <laughs> <laughs> so I love my mom. Uh, she's my best friend, but she was a little cuckoo when I was growing up. And um, she, I had a boyfriend, I was in middle school and he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And so my mom, like the best thing was like to bring him home. So, you know, to do the right thing and blah, 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 blah. But I was only 14. That's, that wasn't the right decision. But anyways, um, she asked if we were busy, like if we had sex. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I say yes, because I already knew, like, my mama knows something. There's no point mm-hmm. to be uh, lying to her. So anyways, um, yeah, so that was on a Monday. On a Wednesday, She, I found out that Friday is my wedding. So I was like, woman, if, like, you're that crazy, like, let me just get it over with. So I got married. Of course, things didn't work out. Well, um, I had an on and off relationship with my biological father, whom I met when I was nine years old. He just showed up at my neighborhood and my grandma. So it was a stranger with my grandma. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I think that's my biological father because he has my face. So that's (laughs) me. <laughs> you know, he has my face and my grandma. So this is a, what a nine-year-old thing. Like, oh shoot, I think this yeah. is the man that they've been talking about. You know? Oh my gosh, you're so funny. 
So put me into the danger zone, thinking that he was coming to kidnap me or something. And uh, so then when I was 13, we started talking again because we had lost contact. Mm -hmm. And then at 15, when I'm separating from my husband, uh, he was telling me, you know, I should come and live with him. Mm -hmm. So I told him, hey, buy the ticket. And I came to live with the stranger that everybody said that was my biological father. And I moved to Maryland. <laughs> okay, so you moved to the United States to live with your biological father in Maryland. Who was a stranger, yes. At 15. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Like, wh okay, but why? Like. So, Rebel, I was. Um, oh, okay. Up, you know, I knew yeah. better than everybody else. And as mm. an independent woman already, I yeah. couldn't go back to my mom's house. She was okay. crazy. Did I tell nope. you that she, <laughs> she brought the judge home? <laughs> oh, my God, Francie. I love her, though. She's no, yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay, so you're 15, Maryland. Okay, how was that? Like, your first memory of coming to the States, it's Maryland. How did you feel? What do you remember? Scared. Like, yeah. what am I doing? I don't know these people. I mean, I was excited to meet my little brother. I'm an only child from my mom's side. Okay. But then meeting my brother, like, that meant a lot. Because we were Aww. 10 years apart, so he was 5 years old at the time. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. Yeah, so then I said that I didn't speak English, but um, in Puerto Rico, we take an English class every year. Okay. And then my cousins from New York, when I went over there, they would teach me English. When they went to Puerto Rico, they would teach me English. So I had a little bit of English background. I still went to an English as a second language school. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know that the Hispanic culture has the, oh, my country's better than yours. Mm -hmm. and all that stuff when I came over here I was like oh hold up we're all Mexicans it doesn't matter where we're from these people don't care we're all the same oh my god yes as soon as people just hear you speak Spanish oh Mexican like no Mexico is not the only Hispanic speaking country but that's a whole other topic okay keep going yeah 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 so then um, I was in, the, in that school, and I got to meet amazing people. And then at the, at, in a year, they have like a school test, mm -hmm. and I was top ten. So I was like, "Oh, now you decide to be smart." Ah, so, <laughs> like I was smart all along, but I have forgotten. Aww. And they sent me to an American school, so that okay. was scary. Okay, so you went to. Um, so what school did you go to first? Uh, it was called Owens Mills High School in Maryland. Oh, okay, okay. And then they sent me to Catonsfield High School. So mm -hmm. I spent four years in different school through high school. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So it's like cultural shock, a different yeah. schools. Uh, not knowing the language real well, but understanding it and reading it. Yeah. Um, having a friendship relationship with my biological father. It was never a father-daughter relationship. Yeah, yeah. 
And what I didn't know then that I know now, it was that he was grooming me what, for what happened later on that is in my darkest days. Oh, no. So it went a little bit south, but I didn't know that it was going south because he was training me to be better than my mom mm. as a wife and a woman. So then when I when we moved to Kansas because of the post office, mm-hmm. um, the training got like a little bit harder. And then other things happened where when I met my boyfriend in Kansas, uh, I had left my husband and my kid, but it was my biological father and my brother. Mm. So okay. then now I had to deal with the trauma and everything else, which I almost become an alcoholic um, and drug user, you know, so I was like in the worst of the worst in my 20s. Oh, no, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. And then uh, with a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. A lot of mentorship, you know, I have gotten better, but I spent some months in my car, you know, jumping from hotels to hotels. So it was a lot to get here to be the woman that I am today. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot, you know, but look at you thriving now and can't wait for you to share later on about your podcast and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. So what, uh, what was the, the, the first cultural shock that you remember when you first got to the States? Oh my gosh, this one is silly, but <laughs> it was like the best. I went to have my first sleepover and oh. everybody was having dinners at a different place, like somewhere in the room, the other one was in the living room, the other ones were outside. That was unheard of in my family like dinner time you sit at the table period end of the story (laughs) (laughs) okay like so were you like like oh okay this is something new but like were you like excited to try or you were just like okay whoa like this is weird different world yeah (laughs) kids get to have choices because mm. the kids don't have choices in the culture, in the yeah. Hispanic culture. Kids yeah. are supposed to be quiet <laughs> and listen and follow the rules. I saw, like, they didn't have rules, so I thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freeing. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, the Hispanic culture is about children should be seen and not heard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so wow. Things like that and missing the holidays, you know, because oh, yeah. Christmas starts on November 1st mm-hmm. and it doesn't end till January 15 or 17. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So the holidays is a big thing. The energy, um, the get togethers. Yeah. I, I miss my family in that way. Yeah, definitely. I completely understand because Christmas in DR is nothing like Christmas here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What would you say was your biggest struggle adapting to living in the States? Oh, wow. I think that just the support. Mm, Okay. You know, because I had to create my own family as I left my three families in Puerto Rico yeah. and I was a rebel and angry. 
mm-hmm. sinful. So I was not, even though I could call them, I was not calling them or anything like that. I was trying to figure things out on my own. Yeah, definitely. And at 15 too, you know? Yeah, crazy. Like yeah. I think about it now and I, I see my friend's kids like being 13, 14 and I'm like, oh my God, they're just a baby. Yeah, that happens to me too. Like I'll see like younger people and I was like, wow, at that age, I was doing this, this and that. Or at that age, I was going through this. And it's like, man, that's so young, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't really till I was the age of 29 mm-hmm. that I realized what I had done. Mm. And I went back to Puerto Rico in one of my vacations. And I was like, oh, wow, this family is like super cool. These people are awesome. I should not have left them. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. Like the your experience of visiting Puerto Rico for the first time after you moved to the States. Oh, man, I was 17 and a teenager and all the attitude and my aunts <laughs> and my mom were right there waiting for me to let me know, oh, no, boo-boo, you are not a gringa, which is what they called uh, people from the United States, yeah, uh, a, a white person, yeah. But they remind me I'm Puerto Rican and I'm supposed to respect my elders, so it was more mm. humbling and bringing me back to like, yeah, you're not a grown up. I still go over there, and I'm 34 now. I feel like a 15 year old right in my bedroom. You know, my mama's ready to let me know. You're yeah. Not- you're an adult in America, but in Puerto Rico, I'll beat your butt. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, the first time it was more of like, I'm a grown up, I'm a rebel, I'm everything. I don't have to listen to you guys and let, let me letting me know, no, you still got to respect us. Yeah, definitely. And um, And how long did you stay when you went to visit for the first time? I believe it was like most of the summer for that. Oh, okay. Nice. I think it was because we were out of school. So um, my biological father just sent us both to Puerto Rico. Okay. Did you want to go back to the States or did you want to stay in Puerto Rico? Girl, I really don't remember till I was 29, like a decade later, over a decade later that I realized what I had done because I was in survival mode. Yeah. Uh, I was mm-hmm. in resentment and anger. So it wasn't until I celebrated my birthday and I'm almost 30 that I was like, oh, wow. Like I'm missing so much of the culture. I'm missing so much of my family. Um, I'm not, I don't get to see graduations and things like that. So it wasn't till like maturity hit. That yeah. I started realizing the impact of leaving Puerto Rico at 15. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it seems like that was a lot to unpack. Yeah, that was a hard vacation. Like, when I came back, like, I came back really depressed. Oh, man. So, okay. Uh, What, let's say, what do you like about living in the United States? Uh, The freedom. 
um to do anything like you i don't know why it just you feel like you can reach the sky the sky is the limit like they say yeah and i didn't see those opportunities in uh, puerto rico as well as the freedom of i don't know my neighbors <laughs> like i mm. brag about that when i go to puerto rico you know there's always a party going on there's somebody looking out the window to see at what time you got home, you know? So yeah, yeah. Having people to, to caring watching too much you. about your life, yeah. Yeah, that's what it, like, it's just like in DR that, like, once you buy a place, you, like, live in that place for, like, ever. So, like, everybody knows everybody in the neighborhood. So it's like, you know, everybody's in your business. Todo el mundo sabe de ti, you know? Yep, yeah, like I used to say when I used to come back from school, instead mm -hmm. of me telling my mom what I did all day, she will tell me what I did all day. Oh my god, she got the report. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my god, you're so funny. Um, what is one thing you dislike about living in the U.S.? Not having my family. Oh, yeah, your mom still lives in Puerto Rico, right? I was going to ask yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, my mom yeah. is in Puerto Rico. Um, my dad, who took me in when I was one, so he's my stepdad. Um, they're over there, and their family, and my biological side, because, like, I don't talk to him, my mm -hmm. brother, or my grandma, but mm -hmm. I have other family members that I do speak to. Okay, okay. And they don't, they don't want to move, right, the states? Uh, no, uh, when I bring them over here, my mom and my dad, uh, my dad is already 75, my mom is 55, so I say that my dad is on his seven life, <laughs> and my mom is going through menopause, so it's like, oh, uh, oh the mix is amazing, girl, the stories that I get on the phone calls. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, that menopause is a real thing. Oh, Francie, <laughs> oh, my God. So they just, you know, they just rather stay over there. <laughs> yeah, their life is over there. My dad loves the roosters and chickens and you know, Aww, gardening. Yeah. And my mom, even though she complains about her siblings, she loves being there for her siblings. Oh, that's so nice. Funny that you mentioned the chickens. The other day I was with my family and my sister saw a chicken on the side of the road and she was like, oh, my God, look, a chicken. And the thing is, like, that's unheard of here. But you go to Puerto Rico, you go to DR and it's like they're everywhere, you know, like you just see them on the road like nothing yeah. but here that's unheard of. So she was like, oh, look, a chicken. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like not not common here <laughs> for me is i work for the post office mm -hmm. and they send baby chicks so when i hear baby <laughs> chicks in the office i'm like there's a trigger i hear them get them out of the building <laughs> oh man but, but it's like uh because my dad has them right by the window So, like, when I go back on vacation, yeah. it takes me three to four days to not hear them at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, I get used to it. Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, same <laughs> thing times, in the, same thing in the DR. Like, that's what wakes you up 
it's the sound of the rooster. Oh man, you're bringing me back. <laughs> I love it. Um, what is one thing you wish you would have known about the U.S. before moving? Wow. So that I was gonna need a village. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. You know. Um. Did your mom like try to stop you from moving, or was she would just like, "Well, leave if you want to leave." Well, my situation is different because it was with my biological father. So oh, okay, okay, okay. It was more like she knew this day was coming. She was trying to hold yeah. on to me for as long as she could. But she knew that the day that I made the decision to be with him, like there was not going mm -hmm. back. So she mm -hmm. let me go. Okay. But she almost lose herself and her life as she made that decision. If that makes oh, okay. sense. So it was hard for her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that no, I, yeah. I mean, as a mother myself, I can only imagine, you know. Only child, sixteen years with that child. Yeah, I don't want to imagine it. Yeah, that's no, hard. Don't that's do that. that, that's that's that. yeah, yeah, no. I, I still <laughs> that's ask for forgiveness on that one. Ay, <laughs> Dios. Aww. Yeah, one vacation that I brought her here because of Maria, the hurricane. Yeah, and yeah. They were not in a good place. So I brought them to come with me and I say like how I felt there for us whenever we need you. You just went on about your life. And I was like, well, why am I sending you money once a month? Then I'll stop doing that. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> you know, because I was paying for my guilt. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I was like, give my money back. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so funny. <laughs> Oh man. Um I wanted to ask you about like cuz you said that you move schools like I'm going back to the beginning. You said you move schools like every year. So like how how was like navigating the school system here versus like Puerto Rico um for you? Oh, oh man, that was a whole different world because I spent in school from kinder to ninth grade. So I spent mm -hmm. 10 years in the same school. Mm -hmm. And because I have 24 cousins, by the time I got to middle school, I thought that I owned the school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I had a cousin in every single grade as I was growing oh up. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I've been a fool all my life. Oh, my and God. So you will have the freedom of the classroom because the it was open. Mm-hmm outside uh, when you went from classroom to classroom it's not a building that you're stuck in and it feels like jail and uh, the food oh my gosh are you kidding me we had some amazing food rice and beans and plantains okay hold on hold on disclaimer that's that's for puerto rico guys that's in puerto rico oh yeah yes i saw a video that went viral about Puerto Rican explaining our food and other countries were like why isn't this happening over here and I don't even know if they do that anymore but I know growing up we used to have all kinds of meal like it was a restaurant nice uh, and it was for free uh to have lunch and then so I graduated from ninth grade and I went to a high school in Puerto Rico 
on in tenth grade, so sophomore. Mm-hmm. But then my dad and I had got married and separated. So then junior year, I was in the English as a second language school. Okay, so this then, is in the in the states. <clears throat> yes. Okay. And then I felt trapped in the school because it was a building, you know, that you had yeah. to go in and all that stuff. They um lunches, you know, you had to pay. Um the food were not as good as it was yeah, in Puerto no. Rico, so Mm-mm. you had to just bring your food. <laughs> yeah. It was better to bring your own snacks. Um I, oh my gosh, I learned my lesson with homework. Over here, you're supposed to do homework in Puerto Rico. It's a choice. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the end of the year, you're just like, hey, teacher, can you give me some extra credit? I kind of missed the point of doing homework. Well, over here, I got detention. Like, I was in detention the whole year. <laughs> For not doing, doing homework? homework. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. So just things like that. Um, the friends... <laughs> It was different. I felt like the community was better in Puerto Rico in school. Yeah. Than it was over here because I couldn't find, you know, finding my click. And, yeah, yeah. And, and having to move to my senior year. And before the podcast, that was my biggest achievement was that I graduated in an American school, the whole classes in English, and the year that I was supposed to, which it was 2005. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, wow, that is, what an experience, Francie, what an experience you've had. (laughs) You can say that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, wow, I'm just so amazed right now, but look at you, like, now I want to give you the opportunity to, you know, either talk about your work in the post office and your podcast, just like all that you've achieved, you know, just like who is Francie now after everything you've been through? Oh, okay. So uh, (laughs) early twenties, I got hired in the post office as he was a manager, my biological father. Okay. And I went straight in, you know, I had three other jobs. I was on the right track. But having my darkest days and that situation off where I didn't care so much about school, 18-year-old, $800. Like, I thought I was a millionaire. Yeah. Like, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. I don't have to worry about <laughs> anything else. <laughs> yes. So I went full-time with the post office, which I say, like, it saved my life because I love money. So even though I was drinking and doing drugs... I still had to go to work. So I had to be functional enough to do my job. Yeah. And working nights, those were the hours that I needed to be at work and okay. not out, outside in the world doing the wrong things. Yeah. So then um, I met my boyfriend and he's Italian countryman and <laughs> the Puerto Rican princess. So we're having a little bit of hard time with, with those. <laughs> <laughs> two, two strong personalities and everything else. So, anyways, because of him and his kid at the time, I wanted to become a better person. Yeah. So I started getting into self development. So for over a decade, I have dealt with depression mm-hmm. and 
six years, seven years, I dealt with anxiety because at my job that was my safe place, my biological father showed up and introduced me to anxiety again. Mm. So I got my first panic attack and I, w- I felt out of control and I couldn't breathe. So mm-hmm. I started looking for research on it. What tools and resources could help me so this doesn't happen again? Yeah. So the past six years have been intense. Uh, like if you tell me scratch your head three times a day and I will scratch my head three times a day in hopes that it will help with my anxiety. Mm. And now I have so much knowledge that I want to share it with the world. And that's how the podcast came about. Okay. Because I want to share my mental health journey. And everybody's interested about my story from Puerto Rico. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) You have an incredible uh, story. I mean, I say that and I didn't go through it. And I know the hardship that you went through. Like looking back is hard. But then like being on the outside of it or look like being on the other side of it. It's like, okay, now I can share my story and help others. Yes. Because that's how I feel about like what I went through in my early 20s. It was like hard, you know, like going through it was like, man, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it was like one thing after another after another. But now that I'm on the other side of it and I look back, I'm like and I'm sharing my story and, and, and sharing the lessons that I learned to help other people. It's like, okay, God, now I see why I went through what I went through. And, you know, I'm going to use my story to help others and then also, you know, spread the gospel and and things like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Tell us about the podcast and and like um, like what you're doing now and and things like that, because I love it. On that note, since you mentioned uh, God, uh, when I was 15, before I came over here, Mm -hmm. like. We are super, my family is super religious. And as a lady was praying, uh, she was saying, um, I know that you're going to meet your earthly father, but remember that God, like, is your father. Like, if you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I didn't get what that message meant till like my mid-20s. Okay, yeah. So with God's grace, I have been able to be the woman that I am today because, uh, um, therapist has said that I should be in a mental health place for the things that I have survived. Yeah. Oh, wow. So <laughs> God's grace is, is because I, I am the woman I am today. <laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> and that's why, you know, I got the podcast and I just love to share my story and share my mental health. And that's why I did like a mental health evaluation because I want to end the the stigma. And the, yes. And I just love hearing from other people's stories. Mm-hmm. So I love having people come over and tell their stories. Wow, that's that's amazing, Francie. I'm so glad that you are on the other side, that you are thriving that you are just accomplishing so much and and I'm just so glad that God has connected us because honestly like after I was a guest on your podcast I was like I really feel like I, I gained a friend like yeah. it was just amazing <laughs> yeah so like I love it I love I love being on your podcast and just the energy that you bring on your podcast 
um I love it. Just, yeah, it's just amazing. And I'm so, so proud of you. So proud of everything, you know, because what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And you are definitely a strong, independent Puerto Rican woman. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I say you're like, you're my Dominican sister. I didn't know I never had. <laughs> oh, thanks. And I love that conversation on my podcast and I love this collaboration. Thank you for having me on yours. Like, girl, the the feeling is mutual oh thank you and i will connect everyone or add the link to your podcast if you want to tell the podcast name oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's important <laughs> so Life with Francie podcast, where you can find uh, conversations about mental health self-love self-care trauma and more Oh, I love it. Yes. And Francie has had incredible guests on there. Um, I actually, the first episode I listened to before I was on your show, and I had told you this was with Money Marcy, and she was talking about financial literacy. And it's crazy because at that time, well, I'm still on this. Like I, I was like trying to learn, you know, financial literacy and stuff because I was, I'm trying to get my finances together and get out of debt and invest in all that. So it was like crazy that that was the first episode that I listened to. And she had a book about financial literacy. So from that episode, I bought her book, I read it, but then she had mentioned, um, how like, people don't sit around and talk about their finances. So like family, friends and things like that. And then like that struck up a uh, interesting conversation between me and my husband. And I was like, you know, like I don't really talk about my finances with my friends and family. And then he was like, yeah, I don't think I've ever sat down with like a group of friends and just talked about our finances. And so like, because of that, I actually ended up reading a uh, writing an article about like, why don't we talk about money? Cause like, I know like she had mentioned that it's, there's a lot of emotions attached to money, which makes sense as to like, you know, as soon as you to start talking about finances to somebody, they might get emotional, like defensive, like, why are you telling me what to do with my money and blah, 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 you know, but I'm coming from the place of like, we can help each other out with finances like hey i do x y and z to save money or i do this this and that you know to help out like our budget or whatever just to get like insight and help each other out because you know the whole financial system here in the united states is like confusing because they don't teach us uh, that in school you know like we have to like figure it out on our own and it can be a lot. It can be overwhelming. And us as, you know, you're an immigrant, I'm a child of immigrants. It's like, we have to learn how to navigate this on our own. We don't have um, people who like know, you know, really know the system to like guide us and help us. Um, so, yeah, so I, it was very interesting that that was the first episode that I heard on your podcast. And I loved it. Very informal, uh, informational. And it was it was dope. Yeah, you, you was my first guest telling me that you had listened to a previous episode, and that made the world to me. I was like, oh my gosh, you're supposed um, to be listening to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point of my podcast, is to bring people in with their expertise yeah, and teach us about it, because I suck about... I don't know about you, but I suck on this grown-up thing. <laughs> so, like, if yeah. I know somebody's doing it better than me, I'm like, girl, come on my podcast. <laughs> and we need to talk about it. Yes, that's what it's about, community and learning from each other. It's like if there's a place that you want to be in life, 
um, talk to somebody who's done it, who's been there and, you know, um, get mentors, you know, those who can help you, guide you into things that you want to do. I have two. I have a career guided mentor and then I have a spiritual mentor who I go to like when I need prayer or, you know, when I have questions and things like that. So, yeah, I love what you're doing, Francie. And I love, um, yeah, I just love what you're doing and, and everything that you stand for. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your incredible story. And, and, you know, I can't wait to see what more collaborations, um, we get into. Heck yeah, and for your <laughs> listeners, um, so I have done, since you talk about a little bit of mental health as well, mm -hmm. um, I, I have a therapist and a mentor, so I say therapy is more to get you out of the feelings, mm -hmm. like if you're really in a dark place, go to therapy to learn about your brain and how to get out of those feelings, and life coaching is if you're already outside of those feelings, and ready to take over so for tools and resources to get you to move forward yes love it thank you so much for that uh yes ma'am thank <laughs> you so much and i can't wait as well you know we, we're working on stuff behind the scenes people. yes so stay tuned for more <laughs> all right francie thank you so much you have a great rest of your day thank you you too bye bye-bye Thank you so much for listening all the way through today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Here are a few ways that you can help support this podcast. You can share this episode with a friend, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave a review, sign up for the newsletters to get episodes straight into your inbox, or donating money. If you're interested in advertising your business or sponsoring an episode, please send me an email. The email is listed in the show notes. Thank you once again for your continuous support. Until next time.